You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy, an element of programming of Catholic Chicago. I am Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship, and I'm here in the studio, but I'm joined remotely uh, by uh, Danielle Noe. Hello, everyone. Hey, Danielle. Um, Danielle from LTP. How are you? And everyone as well. Happy New Year to everyone, all of our listeners. Yeah, and uh, Timothy Johnston, who uh, still does some stuff with LTP, uh, but now is in the Office for Worship in the Archdiocese of Washington. Hello, Timothy. Nice to see you. Hello, it's good to see you and good to be with everybody on the radio. So Happy New Year as well. Yeah, the radio and uh, those who are streaming on YouTube and on Facebook as well. Uh, We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month. Um, And over the years, Danielle and I and Timothy and I have uh, done exactly what the title of our show says we do. Right, guys? Right. We break open the liturgy, all of the rites and the sacraments and the devotional life of the church of what makes up the, the public worship life. All every all aspects of it. Yes. And uh, today, we, here we are in the third week of Ordinary Time. And so when just in, in thinking about the, the show for this month, uh, you know, it, it, it raised, um, it raised uh, questions from students. And even when I was in studies, when you'd go, well, gee, during Lent, we've got, uh, we've got uh, the, uh, the, the rites of Lent, the rituals and liturgies of Lent and the RCIA. And in Christmas, we've got the solemnities and the feast days. And, uh, and of course, in Easter, we, it's like, what are the rites for ordinary time? And that's what led us to think about talking about the day of the Lord We as a, a beginning topic um, and the book of blessings later on in the show. Uh, but the Sunday, the day of the Lord and uh, blessings that can happen throughout all of uh, ordinary time. Uh, certainly Sunday is the rite of ordinary time. It is the main liturgy of ordinary time. Um, but it, for both of these, and particularly for Sunday, the day of the Lord, Timothy and Danielle, I think I, sometimes I always say that an inherent danger in ritual is if you're not careful, we can let the ritual become routine. And sometimes I think, mm-hmm. sometimes I, I, I'll speak for myself, I fall into that even uh, in the Sundays of ordinary time. Yeah, I, you know, in the last couple of years, um, I've found a, a new love for ordinary time because, we, you know, as liturgists, as people of the church, we tend to focus on, on the high seasons, of course. Um, but ordinary time for me becomes really the, so what question, right? It's the context and that it's the hinge, if you will, between the high seasons, because on, from that Sunday to Sunday, you know, Todd, you already said how it's the day of resurrection and, um, the Lord's day and so forth. It puts that context of Jesus's ministry of how we are to live as Christians from the launch of his public ministry um, to all of the signs and the, the miracles and the um, the end days stories, harvest themes that we hear of that, of, you know, it contextualizes in the, the lived experience of incarnation and resurrection and who we are. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's a danger of, of being brought into the repetition of it. Um, but ordinary time really helps us see through the lens of of the extraordinary 
you know, the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Of how God works and really, you know, breaks into our day to day life from and calls us outward into the world. Exactly. Exactly. Timothy, what's your sense? Oh, yeah, I, I think, uh, and we've talked about this so many times um, in, in various ways over the years, is we just have to remember, and, and following up with what Daniel said, is it's not ordinary in the same sense that we think of it, you know, plain or boring or just ho-hum, you know, to use that kind of language. But it is, like Daniel said, that we, we encounter the real lived experience of Jesus's ministry in the scriptures that unfold in this time. And, the, and over the three-year lectionary, of course, we, we hear a variety of those different stories, um, the healing, and, and again, how we participate in that in our day-to-day -day life here in this time and this place in sharing in the kingdom. So it is not so ordinary um, in that sense. I mean, really, it, it's about the ordering of time um, and, and counting time in some ways. Um, but but not ordinary and boring or ho hum. Right, right, exactly. So this, yeah, this isn't the third Sunday of boring time. It's the third Sunday <laughs> of ordinary time. Well, you you had a great, you just made a great point, uh, Timothy. It's it's how we order our time, uh, or or rather, a better way to say it is, it's it it's it's what we let what we allow to order our time, right? And, yeah. and and I know I know the three of us have had this kind of conversation before, but every single person orders their time around something, right? I mean, right. Every, every single person makes a choice around which to order their time. Yeah. Um, I, I think of school teachers and, 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 you know, and their families. Their time is, understandably, it's ordered around the academic year. Uh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know sports geeks, uh, who's, who, you know, who order their time around whatever sports season it is. We order our time as Catholics around the liturgical life of the church. You know, even, even from the, 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 you know, we mark the passing of the day. The church does marks the passing of the day with liturgy, right? The liturgy of the hours. We mark the passing yeah. of our weeks by the Lord's day. And I, 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 and how would you, how would the two of you, so, so we, so our weeks are ordered, our time is ordered around the Lord's day. How, but, but we, mass can be celebrated any day. So what, let me ask you two, cause I have, I have some sense too. What is the significance of Sunday? What is the significance of the Sunday Eucharist? Boy, that's a that's a that's a that's a deep one, right? Dive right on in there. Um, the first thing at which does not answer your question. The first thing that comes to my mind is, is first and foremost that there is this progressive solemnity. That's that's what kind of came to my mind. But Sunday, which we again have, have talked about, is it being that day of day. It is the day of resurrection. So it's it's not only the beginning of, of, of the week for us um, in that sense, it's the eighth day. It's all of those different images where it, it is the pinnacle of our time. And just in terms of how we mark time, when we think about the liturgy of the hours, even that morning, the rising and the setting of the sun, keeping that in mind, everything is leading us toward Sunday throughout our week. Um, and those, that little Paschal mysteries of each day, the Paschal mystery rhythm of, of, the, of the week leads us to Sunday. And then we go from Sunday out into the world. And, and it really is, it, it's the feast of feast, right? It, right? It's what the right. church originally, when they, they gathered, they gathered on Sunday, even before there was what we would have like the Easter vigil, before there were feast days that we celebrate today, they gathered on the day of the sun, on the day of resurrection. Um, and, and so we've done that from the very beginning, the very beginning. Um, to break bread, to share bread. And so that idea of progressive solemnity then is not every day is Sunday. So our weekday masses, um, while they're still mass and important, they aren't the same type of celebratory nature that Sunday has. There's a different rhythm, a different way that we engage them, um, uh, and the way that scripture is even told, you know, in that two-year uh, cycle within the lectionary. Danielle. Well, and also, I think Timothy touched upon this lightly, but, you know, everything flows from that Sunday experience and then leads back into it. So it's a circular transition, like how we've described the liturgical year as being circular. In, in a Catholic liturgical view of time, it's not linear. 
so so Sunday, Sunday is the most important thing that we do the celebration of the Sunday Mass because that pinnacle, that high point, that that day of rest, of keeping holy the Lord's Day, of celebrating His resurrection, um, of celebrating eternal life, all of that is wrapped up into Sunday and flowing from that. And then everything that we do during the week then has to be through that lens of Sunday, through that transformative experience but then brings us back into it because we, we obviously need to be refueled. If you yes. Will. Yes. So, <laughs> Each week. We need, we need, we need Christ. We, we need to come back for the, the, the word and, and the sacrament and to allow ourselves to be open to the grace that is present. Um, so that in all that we do during the week, what, you know, our relationships at home, um, raising our children with your relationship between a spouse with our, our work relationships of how we are on the drive into work, you know, when traffic is crazy, yes, like this morning, how we are in the <laughs> store, you know, with everything's short stuffed right now. I mean, there's levels of irritability. So uh, how we are, how we are interacting with one another to the extremes of, of our, our call to mission and service and helping the poor and the oppressed, you know, all of those things are tied up in the Sunday experience and then leads back into it. I, I, I like, I like what both of you said in terms of, uh, uh, the rhythm in terms of, of, uh, the, the kind of the, 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 the primordial feast day as, as Sunday, right. From, from the very beginning. And, and, and that idea that, that you, you both talked about well, daily mass was not part of the, the life of right. the church for centuries. Right. 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 It, that's something it was, right. it was this, it was yeah. gathering as the body of Christ on the Lord's day. That's, right. that is what is the source and the summit. Everything, right. right? Everything a parish does. And, and again, I know we've said this before, but everything a parish does flows out of and back to, Danielle, as you were just saying, the Sunday <laughs> gathering of the body right. of Christ around this altar, around the ambo of the Lord, and celebrating the Lord's Supper. That, that's, right. that's the significance of Sunday. Sunday Sunday's the only day that holds an obligation. I mean, uh, uh, during, right. the, during the week, normally, unless it's, yeah. a, unless it's a, a, a solemnity, uh, a holy day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's Sunday. Yes, we do celebrate the Eucharist every day, but it is Sunday, the Lord's Day, that is the 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 prime celebration of the week. Right, and to the point where you know the Sunday celebration from a parish perspective really should be that all hands on deck yes. mentality. Yes, exactly. You know, everybody who's involved in the parish, whether it, not just the music director, right, but all the parish staff are that witness to hospitality and welcome and the engagement of the of the assembly into the participatory life, the liturgical life of the church. And Sunday, you know, it, it's the model then, we have to do Sunday really, really well. That should be our focus liturgically. Yes. Because that everything else naturally flows from that. So how we celebrate confirmation, how we celebrate- Weddings, um, funerals. First Eucharist, weddings, yep. need to come from that Sunday experience. And I think that's why sometimes there's such a strong disconnect. So it, when you're- you've mentioned weddings, you know, if, if a couple doesn't have that strong experience of Sunday, we can't expect them to have a strong liturgical expectation for their wedding, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's where that, that the heart of our formation, the heart of our catechesis needs to flow from Sunday. The, the heart of our communal life and the heart of our apostolic life has to flow yeah. out of gathering yeah. on the Lord's day. As the right. body of Christ here in this parish, in this town, in this city, in this uh, uh, in, in in this village, and to do what we were baptized to do, and right. and uh, which which we've said many times, we are baptized and confirmed primarily so that we can gather as a member of the body of Christ on the, on the Lord's day and celebrate the Lord's Supper. The East, the, 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 the Sunday Eucharist. Yes, <laughs> which is uh, it, it tells the how the the first apostles gathered. Yep. They they shared everything. They were of one mind, 
and body and spirit and and gathered to break the bread. Yep, they gathered. They gathered. They gathered for the prayers, for the hymns, and yep. the breaking of the bread. Which yep. that's the first term. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, let's pick up on that Danielle and Timothy. The idea that Sunday, in a sense, Sunday is uh, fulfills our baptism. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more focus on the liturgy right after these messages. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, element of programming of Catholic Chicago. Uh, I'm Todd Williamson, and I'm joined remotely by Danielle Noe and Timothy Johnston. Guys, and we were just, uh, before that last break, we were, so we're, we're talking today about, uh, at the start, uh, first part of the show, on uh, the Lord's Day, the Sunday, the Day of Days, the importance of the Sunday Eucharist. Um, and and before that break, Timothy and Danielle, we were talking about just how, what is, how, how Sunday, the Sunday Eucharist is distinct and, and how it's the pinnacle of any liturgy, uh, uh, the premier liturgy uh, throughout the, the whole week. Um, and, and right before that last break, I think we made uh, just a, a real significant connection. And that is the, the connection between Sunday and our baptism. 
Um, and, and the rest of the show, we could talk just about that. But what, what, what strikes each of you about that? Well, the first thing, so as Danielle was talking before the break, um, which I, I and, and Daniel, certainly I want you to expound on that a little bit more. But one of the things that came to my mind, not to be Debbie Downer here, is <laughs> the reality is so we can talk about the theory, right? Or the theological reality is that, and, and that's what I want to focus on a little bit um, in terms of our baptismal responsibility to participate. And Todd, you said it a particular way. Now I can't remember what you exactly said, but that that we we have a right and, and it is right and just, right? That we have a duty and responsibility to be present to, to fulfill our baptismal uh, responsibility as priest, prophet, and king at the liturgy. But as, as many of us have talked over the years, and we've probably talked about on the show at different times, there is still such great need to help people understand that in their own oh life. Gosh, that they, yes. they, they have been baptized into this ministerial role as assembly, as members of the body of Christ. I mean, I've been doing research recently on um, the, the liturgical movement for a presentation I'm doing, and it just strikes me from the late 1800s, even in, into the early 1900s, the same language was used or was beginning to be used that we hear in the constitution, that we hear come out in Dies Domini, that we're part of this mystical body, right? We're part of the body of Christ and we have rights and responsibilities that sometimes we just, we go out of obligation or we're going and just doing. Um, and so I think that's a, a good opportunity for us as par parish, as leaders in parishes to really consider if this is the pinnacle of our time together, what are we doing to help the body understand their responsibility. Yeah. Right. Right. Timothy, that responsibility is key because, you know, when we're baptized, it's not just this ritual immersion of, of water. Yes, we're, we're part of a community. Yes, we're washed away from sin, but there is a purpose and a function of the baptized, right? And, you know, we're anointed as priest, prophet, and king. We share that those um, aspects of Christ we share in that as his adopted sons and daughters. So we are called to gather and pray, right? We are called yes. to offer ourselves as a sacrifice of praise. We're called to speak up for the voiceless, for the oppressed, and we're called to lead others to the kingdom. Um you know, Dies Domine, which is the document on the Lord's Day of, of Pope John Paul II, um, one of Todd's favorite yes. praise documents, right? <laughs> I love this and, document. We can't, you can't talk about Sunday without talking about Dies Domine. <laughs> no, not at all. And Timothy, you talk about how uh, you're kind of rephrasing paragraph 51 of the, do of the document that, you know, we have to ensure that. Um, those who are gathering, you know, live their baptismal call. We need to encourage their their involvement um, in the liturgy. And so it's our responsibility as parish staff members, you know, how are we catechizing? How are we helping people enter into the mystery of the liturgy? Because it's a, it's our duty, right? Um, you, Dias Domine specifically says that it fall, of course, it falls only to those who exercise the priestly ministry to effect the Eucharistic sacrifice and to offer it to God in the name of the whole of the whole people. So we're called by our baptism, by our priestly ministry that flows from our baptism to celebrate the Eucharist. It's that common priesthood that we all participate in the offering of the Eucharist by our role, right? There's a distinction in roles, right. but we're all called to participate. I think that priestly aspect of baptism probably is confusing to some, um, but we all have, we all share in the priestly ministry of Christ, whether we're priest, whether we're a lector or a reader, whether we're a music minister, whether we're a member of the assembly, and all roles are equally important. I love, I love the last two sentences of that paragraph that you cited, Danielle. The last two, par the last two sentences of, of paragraph fifty-one. Although there is a distinction of roles, like you, like you noted, they st everyone, right? They still offer to God the divine victim and themselves with Him, offering the sacrifice and receiving holy communion. They take part actively in the liturgy, finding it 
finding in it light and strength to live their baptismal priesthood and the witnesses of a holy life. That sums up everything that we're talking about. And for those, for the listeners and anybody viewing, if you aren't familiar with Dei's Domini, it is a fantastic document. John Paul, St. John Paul wrote it in uh, 97, I believe. And, and it's, it's keeping the Lord's day. Holy is the English translation, the English title that we've used, Uh, but it's the whole thing is just this beautiful poetic reflection on the importance of Sunday in the life of a Christian. And he talks about all the elements that we were talking about uh, in prep for the show. You know, Sunday is the day of resurrection. It's the day of the church. It's the day of Christ. It's the day of Sabbath rest. That's that's something that I need to do much more work on in my own life. Yeah, the, the idea of the Sabbath. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's all summed up into baptism and that unique responsibility that flows from that. And, you know, if, if we compare the baptized responsibilities with those of the catechumenate, I think that really highlights the distinction there, yeah. right? Because those who aren't baptized, what happens? They're they're dismissed before the creed, right? So everything that follows that are, are those uh, acts of prayer that are unique to the baptized to make that statement of faith in the presence of the community, to pray for the needs of others in the universal prayer, to participate in the Eucharist. You know, we're not sending the catechumens out because we don't want them there, <laughs> but because, you know, they have to prepare more fully for their baptized role, that baptized responsibility, right. which is to share in the fullness of the Eucharistic banquet. It's it's somewhere else in this document uh, that, that uh, I can't remember which paragraph, but where John Paul, St. John Paul says that Sunday is the best day. Sunday should be the day for visiting the sick, for visiting prisoners, for caring for the poor. It's the idea that on this day, we we gather as the body of Christ for the Sunday Eucharist. We get what we need in order to build the kingdom and then go out and do it. And and yeah. just that, con- that, that connection he made uh, in regard to Sunday's the day to be living out of our baptism. Well, John Paul was very focused on mercy, and that, that is an act of mercy and, and kindness and hospitality for those that are separated from the Eucharist, from the Sunday Eucharist. You know, that's so important for the life of the faith that to do our ministry on those days is to stress its importance so that those who are disconnected are still brought into that in some way. Right, right. Pastoral care of the sick does a fantastic job of 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 um, articulating that. Timothy yes. you're looking at something. It's it's paragraph 69. Oh, okay. Uh, found where, it. where at least as I'm skimming I see something about acts of charity and and the apostolate in that regard. So it's at least around that area in paragraph 69. But just I mean and again we've talked about this but isn't that what we say at the end of the mass, right? Go in peace. Uh, and that's, we're sent to go to do this apostolic work. Um, and that happens throughout the week. It happens on, on Sunday yeah. before we are visiting as, as you just noted. Um, it isn't just to sort of dwell in our own uh, joy or whatever that we've experienced as a liturgy, but it is the love that overflows from the reception of Holy Communion and being within the midst of the community, the, the prayer of the body of Christ that sends us on mission, right? Yeah. How, how can it not? Yeah. Um, and, and the love that we experience there should inform how we are living our day-to-day life, which isn't easy always, right? Right. No, it's not. I belong to that I, article that you just quoted from that. I love the, uh, the subtitle for that is a day of solidarity. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're familiar with Catholic social teaching and, and, you know, that's one of the main themes of that, but all, all of those, the main seven themes of Catholic social teaching of human dignity, solidarity, rights and responsibilities, uh, the, uh, are, they're all wrapped up in our experience of Sunday, right? Yeah. With the, the call to mission and service and charity and the apostolate. It's just really the transformative power of the Sunday Eucharist, if we allowed ourselves to be open to that, just the world would be a very different place. Oh my I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to say it this way. If, if that happened, Danielle, you can't tell me that the kingdom of God wouldn't be a bit more here, more present for sure in, 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 in our lives. We're going to take a, a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation on 
the Lord's Day, Sunday, and the Sunday celebration of the Eucharist. Stay with us. Back after these messages. charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to focus on the liturgy if you are just joining us. Uh, I am Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship, and with me are Danielle. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications, also the Archdiocese. And I'm Timothy Johnston from the Archdiocese of Washington. And we are talking about the, the Sunday, the Lord's Day is the, the, the title of the show, and it all, it all came about as we're here in the third week of Ordinary Time, um, just coming off of a great celebration of uh, the two festive seasons of Advent and Christmas, uh, and just the, the really kind of out of the idea that um, there is nothing ordinary about Ordinary Time uh, for those of us who have been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and and the, the, the idea that how our baptism calls us, uh, gives us the responsibility and the duty to gather on the Lord's Day. Timothy, uh, during the break, I remembered the, the, the little phrase I, I said that, that you made reference to. It, it, we're baptized and we're confirmed primarily so that we can, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, gather as a member of the body of Christ on the Lord's Day to celebrate the Lord's Supper. 
yeah, it, 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 that opens up a whole different can of worms, Todd, <laughs> that I probably shouldn't open. But you're exactly right. Like, I'll be quick. This is why we celebrate the sacraments out of order right now. Why it doesn't make any sense is because baptism and confirmation yeah, yeah. depute us to the ongoing sacrament of initiation, the one that is renewing us week after week. And so it is what we prepare in baptism and confirmation to be sent to the table um, in, in that way. And so it's a little backwards uh, in, in our the way we, we are currently doing that. But that is so important. And Danielle, you, you noted um, in, in, the, in the break, paragraph 45, like this Eucharist that we celebrate, that we're being sent, uh, that we're sent to the table, we come to the table, I should say, then we're sent on mission, as, as we've been kind of noting. And paragraph 45 is what, what you were highlighting um, in, in, in our break conversation. Yeah, and there's a great line in this paragraph, which I, I, I just absolutely love because it's just so simple and straightforward. Um, the second sentence, for the faithful who have understood the meaning of what they have done, the Eucharistic celebration does not stop at the church door, right? Right. The end of mass, it's you know, go and glorify the Lord by your life. Your, you know, the your encounter with Christ then allows other people to encounter Him through you. You are the you know, Sacrosanctum Concilium points out the fourfold presence of Christ in the liturgy, but it also talks about a fifth presence, and that's the body of Christ, right? Right. So going out, being Christ's light, we are called to be that light in the world. That is one of the primary aspects of Sunday from our day to day. Um, uh, the document also says, once the assembly disperses, so after the assembly goes forth from mass, Christ's disciples return to their everyday surroundings with the commitment to make their whole life a gift, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a spiritual sacrifice yeah. pleasing to God. So our, you know, really there's, I, there's really no distinction really between liturgy and life. It's our life itself as gift, all of our actions are really a prayerful action, right? Yeah. That, that somehow we, as witnessing to God, we communicate the reality of God to others. We are images of Christ as created in the image and likeness of God, right? So as his adopted sons and daughters, then we, we, at, that's really what we mean by when, you know, we're witnessing or, or modeling for others, what it means to be Christ. Timothy. We need to be oops. like him in all we do. Yeah. Timothy, yeah, you yeah, had that but... great line that just, we are deputed. I loved what, I loved what you said that in baptism and confirmation, we are deputed to do this on the Lord's day. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, and, and, and so connect with that, what Danielle was even just right. saying, it made me think of the further piece of this is, um, if I don't lose my train of thought, um, that, oh, I think I lost it. Oh, no. uh, it'll come back. Um, <laughs> it'll come back. Okay. All right. The, um, uh, again, Days Domini is the document. It, we weren't, we weren't planning on, um, on, on making the show about Days Domini, it was, but you can't talk about Sunday, the Lord's Day without, with, without this, this great. So just encouraging our participants, our listeners, uh, to, if you can, uh, you can download it, Google it, and it's easy to find and it's easy to read. Timothy, you got your thought back. I, I did. I remembered it. So what Daniel was making me think of is, um, again, I love the the image that the church puts forth for us. It, it, it isn't just this sort of ethereal or something in abstract. This is the way we're supposed to live, right? Yeah. And it's not easy, as we've been saying. But what's so interesting when we look at in the in the cultural context in which we celebrate our liturgy it makes it a little more even uh, complex because we're in such an individualistic society where spirituality has all become, it's about me and Jesus or whatever. And I just want to reemphasize for us in, in this context of, of Catholic worship of the liturgical world is what Danielle just said is so important is it, it there isn't, it isn't compartmentalized in the way that we want, that we we worship on Sunday and that's what we do on Sunday. And then I go to the football game and do my thing. Mm -hmm. But it is exactly what John Paul is asking of us. It's exactly what scriptures ask of us. And, and Danielle, that line right after what, what you had quoted earlier, 
it, it says like the first witnesses of resurrection, Christians who gather each Sunday to experience or proclaim the presence of the risen Lord are called to evangelize and bear witness. That's the model. You know, the, the, those that were first there, when they ran to the tomb and then they left, they didn't go back to their room and just hide. Eventually, they kind of did for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but then they didn't, right? They got out. The Holy Spirit comes and, 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 and really urged them to go forward. And the rhythm of their life, which we've been talking about, yeah. right? They gathered. They didn't have daily mass, but they gathered for prayer. They shared things in common. It was the way of living was no longer what the rest of the world looked like. It yeah. was different. It yes. had been transformed because of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Yep. And that is what happens to us in baptism, as we've been sharing, is we die to that old way of life, to that old self, right? And we put on Christ. And if we put on Christ, again, not easy, then our living must look different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, yes. I, and again, we, it's so easy in the current cultural context to compartmentalize and say, well, this is when I'm Catholic or this is how, and, and kind of live that privately in our, our own day-to-day -day living sometimes. And I know that maybe sounds more judgmental than I want it to um, and sort of painting that broad stroke because it's not everybody, right? But how do we encourage and accompany one another um, as a parish, as community? Because the life of the parish flows from this gathering on Sunday, and not just the life of the 13 or 14 people that are in every group, right? Right. <laughs> that are on the parish council doing all things, <laughs> but the entire community of the baptized. Yeah. So, you know, that's my soapbox. Oh my gosh. No, it's, it's what a wonderful, what a wonderful soapbox. But it, it does strike me, Danielle and Timothy, um, almost every diocese in the United States right now is in the midst of some kind of process of renewal. Um, every, almost every diocese, uh, has this, this, uh, this, this process of, of renewing the life of all, every Catholic in the diocese. Um, and it's not surprising then our, here in Chicago, it's called, um, renew my church. Um, in, in other dioceses, they have other, other names for it, but it's, it, it, it just strikes me how in, in the, in the desire to renew, the faith life of every Catholic, how many dioceses are focusing on the Sunday liturgy in order to do that? And I guess that shouldn't surprise me, right? I mean, isn't that what the council did? The Second Vatican Council? Right, right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And Sunday's the heart of the Christian life, right? Right. It's the, the source and summit of the Christian life. Um, Timothy, talk, you talked a lot about the rampant individualism and how we end up compartmentalizing things but also it, with that I was reminded of Timothy and I had a, a, a professor in grad school that we loved very much he's since passed away but um, Father Kevin Cecil who is the editor of worship um, journal from liturgical press but he always used to say how we're persons and community so mm -hmm. there's still an individual component that we're graced with all of these gifts that's unique to the person, but we're called to use those gifts in the context of the community. And so the, the Eucharist sends us to use that. So I don't want to lose sight this, because you still have those individual realities. I think that's important, um, but it's how we use those gifts for for the good of the community. And that's what we're, we're that yeah. the Eucharist calls us forward to do that. Um, wasn't that our reading, uh, the second reading? Uh, yes, uh, this this uh, third yes, Sunday. Yes, um, we are many parts. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, using that image. I mean, that's a, exactly. that, how, that's so true. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It it, it every, every week, right? Every week we are sent out as as we've been saying. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue, kind of wrap this this portion of the show up, and talk a little bit about um, the whole idea of blessings and the order of blessings in our liturgical life. Stay with us back after these messages with more focus on the liturgy.
Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp@catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp@catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. We have been talking about Sunday, the day of the Lord, uh, the Lord's day, the eighth day, the day of new creation, the day of resurrection, the day that uh, t touches into our baptism on a regular basis. Um, and, and in so doing, um, Timothy and Danielle, we've been talking uh, about Dei's Domini, the 1997 uh, exhortation of St. John Paul II. Uh, so once again, I encourage uh, our listeners and anybody viewing on Facebook or YouTube, uh, this would be an excellent, this would be an excellent reading just for your own faith development, right? Your own continued uh, understanding. And and th that was kind of our, our, our thought and our purpose for, for this month's show, given that uh, we're, we're coming back into ordinary time. Um, but we also wanted to talk about um, uh, another topic we've touched on on this show just a few times. Um, and Danielle, you do the segue. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you know, the, our... Sunday, especially um, Sundays in ordinary time, help us, as we talked about before, help us see the extraordinariness of God in our life and helps us realize the the ordinary blessings that surround us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the one of the greatest secrets, I think, <laughs> of the ritual life of the church is the book of blessings. And, of course, blessings has been a part of Catholic liturgical culture 
for centuries. And, you know, it, blessings recognize that the source of all great gifts come from God, yeah. right? And Todd is actually writing, has has collaborated on a, on a book that LTP is about to publish about celebrating blessings um, in the life of the church. And since we're in ordinary time, I think we're more likely to encounter blessings more regularly than in the high seasons. We've got one coming up for the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, right? At, right after that with the, the um, blessing of throats, yep. um, blessing of animals in October, which is our favorite blessing. Uh. Um, but bless, blessings exist on, we bless people, we bless things, we bless places. Um, but I, I think, you know, ordinary time calls us to see, you know, to, to, to refocus on Sunday of how every aspect of our life reflects God, right? right. And I think blessings as a ritual expression really do that. Because, you, you know, if you just look at the table of contents of the of the book of blessings, you know, a formal, a sin. formal ritual book in the church. Yes. So blessings of people for the sick, blessings of, of things that are related to human activity, to the liturgical life of the church, to the seasons, just the 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 blessing of harvests and fields and flocks, of even the blessing of, of fishing gear, yes. right? <laughs> blessings help us see that God works in everything. You made a point. And that we thank for those, for those gifts. Yeah. You made a point earlier, Daniel, you said, um, uh, that or ordinary time is uh, a time when, um, when, when, when many, many parishes celebrate these blessings. And I, I guess I would just rephrase that and say, ordinary time is the perfect time to rediscover yes that secret book yes. that, that, that you made note of, um, bless, blessing of students, uh, and, and teachers coming back, uh, maybe from a break, uh, or if you're just going to start, if your parish is going to, has been doing remote learning and you're coming back for in-person learning, that's a great opportunity to, to celebrate something like that. Um, the blessing of a, of a house, uh, in the new year or at Easter time is, uh, is, uh, given in there. Um, they're, they are ritual. They are our rituals that also help us order our time, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we're marking things on on the. Uh, you asked that question before that we all have things that order our time and that we're supposed to order our time around Christ through the lens of the liturgical year. But the book, the blessings that we are able to celebrate really call to mind that our day to day activities are an expression of the goodness of God, yes. right? And so from the things that we blessing your child when they leave in the morning to go to school, you know, the blessing of the meal as a family. So it's not just parish life, but it's family life as well. Um, and it really, I think blessings really make that connection stronger about how it's a seamless flow from liturgy into life. Yep. Yep. In fact, you, you, you guys uh, at LTP, you guys distribute a book that um, is specifically for home, um, the Catholic household blessings and prayers. It's, it's yes. you know, the, the book of blessings, as Danielle noted, is the, the ritual book of the church. But then the United States bishops even issued for the home and for family use um, a, a, a book of, of blessings and prayers. Oh, absolutely, which are, are they've been adopted for use in the family. Um, so... You know, the blessing of the Advent wreath obviously occurs on the first Sunday of Advent in the liturgical setting, but there's an adapted form for families to do. At home. Um, yep. With the encouragement, and they should be a full celebration, right? Yes. So with the singing songs, with the proclamation of scripture, um, it's not just that, you know, a simple blessing with words or a sprinkling, it's actually a full service. Um, so not only are the blessings that we celebrate liturgically, that full expression with all of the liturgical norms in place. But what we do in the home is also a liturgical experience. Yep, in the domestic church. Go ahead, Timothy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to share with, with my own experience of, of a lot of those things, especially like the Advent wreath, which I know we've talked about. But what we do in our home in terms of these blessings, these creating these rituals um, from from the, the what the church gives us, only reinforces 
what happens on Sunday then, right? And I think yes. about my own experience at home is, you know, every night, I mean, uh, we always sat down to dinner together. We were not, there was, you were expected to be there. You weren't at sports practice. You weren't at music rehearsals. You were at home eating dinner as a family. And, and we sat and there was a ritual of prayer and mom ended the prayer the same way every night. Um, after we would, we would go around, she still does it to this day. It's an ingrained in ritual that we all partake in. Um, but it also shaped then that ritual, the way we ritually engage with language and uh, gesture, posture at the Sunday mass. Um, and so the blessing of the wreath, the making of the Jesse tree, what we always did during the Lenten, uh, or excuse me, that's the Advent, uh, Advent. Um, but we always did stuff uh, in Lent too with different kinds of things. And blessing um, those things during the month of May, I always created a Marian shrine because I was that kid. My siblings <laughs> not so much, but we would we would gather as a family and we would bless it, you know. And there there was it was the time where we pray the rosary together and and again practice um, all of those different kinds of things, uh, which reinforced that faith with not only the faith life but the ritual of the importance of engaging in the larger community. You know, there's a, um, Danielle, you, you made this point. So there, there's a, a line. I absolutely love it in the um, general instruction on the liturgy of the hours uh, where it says, and, and that's the, that's the breviary. That's the, the um, divine office um, known by a couple of, of names. Uh, but it, it, it notes that um, praying the hours on a daily basis extends the praise and thanksgiving that comes from the Sunday Eucharist. The celebration of blessings can do that as well. It strikes me that 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 they extend the praise and the thanks that 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 flows out of the Sunday Eucharist when the body of Christ gathers around the altar and ambo of the Lord. Well, we're offering ourselves at the Sunday Eucharist that offering of praise that we we're unifying our own prayers with that of Christ, right? So even in the act of blessing, we're, we're doing the same thing. So we, so we definitely it's extending that act of praise and thanksgiving that exists at the Sunday Eucharist. Oh my gosh, yeah. It oh, just yeah. just made me think of, uh, and this is maybe a little off the, the rails here a little bit, but one of the other things that, that isn't in the Book of Blessings specifically, but uh, are the blessings of the catechumens that are in the rite of Christian initiation of adults. Yep. And oftentimes parishioners don't see that the the anointing of, with catechumen, with the oil of catechumens or the blessings because they're done in, in their weekly session or at some other point. But those can be incorporated into that dismissal we even mentioned earlier. As, as part of that dismissal, they can be anointed, they can be blessed and sent forth as a way of, of again, reinforcing the importance of a blessing. Um, I, I don't know if that if that makes a good connection there, but it just dawned on me that that there are ways we, we do this. And we certainly can bless during Mass. Oh, yeah. uh, there are things in the Book of Blessings, as Daniel has pointed out, that where those can take place in a liturgy of the Word or they can take place um, within the full celebration of, of the Eucharist. And, 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 and as we say, ordinary time is the perfect time to explore in those, uh, those, uh, that treasury that the, that the church has. And, and maybe to make those uh, more part of the liturgical life, the whole liturgical life of the parish. Danielle, just real yeah. quick in this, in this last minute we have before we come to an end, um, the, uh, the title of that forthcoming book is the... Guide for, the Cele- uh, Guide for Celebrating Blessings. Um, it's part of the Preparing Parish Worship series. Um, I, it's in, I believe it should be available, I want to say May or June. All right. I think it should be available. And I just want to point out that this was a project that Danielle and I were so excited <laughs> to, again, for this, for this, this best kept secret in, in the, in the church. Yes. It strikes me, it strikes me, you two, that, um, our next show is going to be one week from Ash Wednesday. Oh. So, until then, you've been listening to Focus on on the uh, Liturgy, and until next month, God bless everyone. God, God bless. bless. <laughs> Thank you. Join us every.
every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.